Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn, and excited about the guests that we have today. Uh, we talk about topics that can be discouraging and sometimes devastating here on our program. But as always, uh, when we have a guest, it's a story of hope and how Jesus helps. And um going to be having a guy uh, that's going to be hanging out with us the, uh, over the next three days. And I know a lot of people, as we're coming into New Year's, like to celebrate with alcohol. And for some people, alcohol is not an issue. But I can say in my 20 years of ministry now that I've seen alcohol do more destruction, damage, ruin marriages, careers, even take people's lives uh, than any other drug. And um, I'm excited, though, today, our guest, he's had troubles with alcohol, but uh, he has been set free by Jesus and a lot of hard work. So you're going to be really blessed today by our guest, and uh, I hope maybe we'll even share these programs because I really do believe God's going to show up today and uh, the next two days uh, as we talk about uh, this gentleman's uh, recovery and uh he's going to share both the mountaintop but also the deep valley and the hopeless part but the good part it's going to have a good ending to this story so i hope you'll be with us today wednesday and thursday uh craig first of all thanks for joining us man so glad you're here today on hope is here and for sharing your story it's good to be here um i guess i could start off uh by saying that uh yes i've had uh quite a journey uh with alcoholism. Uh, fortunately, I've been in recovery since uh, January 13th, 2007, and uh, very active in, uh, in a program of recovery. I started my life uh, as the son of a, a naval officer in San Diego, California, and I've lived in a lot of different places over the years and grew up, uh, gosh, Athens, Georgia, Monterey, California, Sasebo, Japan, uh, I've lived in uh, Marshfield, Missouri, Jacksonville, Florida, Springfield, Virginia, Blacksburg, Virginia, Orlando, Florida, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, and Bremerton, Washington. And I've been here in Lexington, Kentucky since 2006. Um, Houston, Texas for a long time, and Lovettsville, Virginia as well. Um <sighs> I grew up in a in, in the home of a naval officer, and um, there's always been a lot of socialization, which involves drinking in uh, in the Navy. Uh, however, um, no one that I know of in my family is alcoholic. Um, no one I know of in my family had any problems with um, even getting drunk. Uh, in fact, I think I saw my father tipsy once. And, uh, you know, it's usually one or two beers or, or whatever, and they're, they're done with it. And uh, so I don't know how I became came across this. Uh, they say it's genetic, but uh, I'm sure someone back in my English heritage <laughs> probably uh, sipped on a few. But I was, a, I was raised a Methodist um, in all these places we went to, through. Um, my mother and father were very active in the church. In fact, when my father re retired from the church, he became a business director of a very large, prominent Methodist church in uh, um, Houston, Texas. He worked there for quite some time. Uh, 
In fact, they're 89 and 90 years old currently, and they both volunteer. My dad was church finance director in Williamsburg, Virginia, the Methodist Church, up until about two years ago. My mom still drives over and is a volunteer secretary. I was uh, very involved in, in YMCA, I'm youth youth. Methodist. I was president of the Youth Methodist Group. So I grew up in this family that was Christian and, and, and well-to-do and uh, uh, with our faith. And um, I, I guess I went away to college. And uh, when I went away to college, I was only 17. I was very immature. And um, while I never had problem making friends, when I went away to college, I seemed to want more friends. And uh, with that went a lot of, uh, a lot of drinking. And I just got, uh, I was one of those guys that became less and less academic and more and more party scene as we went along. I loved the football games. I joined a fraternity. Um, I loved the nickel beer nights, you know, or the nights that you paid a dollar and drank all night. And uh, I drank very heavily. Um, I got... um, I left uh, 1981. I'd gone to Virginia Tech, and uh, 1981, I moved to Houston, Texas, and married uh, my college sweetheart. And uh, I was in a big city, and all of a sudden, I'm working in high-rises in a suit and tie, and there's happy hours everywhere. It's hot in Texas, and they had cold beer everywhere. So I started just drinking real heavily. Um, nothing, nothing more than a lot of heavy, heavy, heavy drinking. But it got to be kind of a problem. In 1986, I uh, had my son, Ryan. And um, about 1988, the drinking was just getting out of hand, and I was losing control of it. I was coming home drunk all the time. I was drinking in the house. I was getting, you know, I could could just drink a lot. And uh, I thought it was normal and just something I deserved. And... Uh, things got bad at home, and, and my wife threatened to, to, to leave. And, in fact, I was uh, had to go live with Mom and Dad for three months. And uh, somehow on my own, I just decided that was important to me, the family. And I stopped drinking. And uh, still not really knowing much about alcoholism or, or, or even admitting that I was an alcoholic. Um, I'd gone to a few, um, a few meetings, and uh, I... Um, Stayed sober for nine and a half years on my own volition. And, uh, you know, one thing about alcoholism, you know, what I've learned is that um, medically speaking, it's sort of this disease of mind and body. And and if you're a real alcoholic, if you have one drink, you're either going to crave more real quickly or you're going to get drunk real quickly. And that was my story. I never really realized it, that every single time I drank one beer or one glass of wine or one of this, I ended up drunk. You know, even going back to, to high school, I always wanted more. I always manipulated things. I always had, you know, stuff hidden. And, you know, I could handle it for a long time. But, you know, my family was important. So um, another thing I want to say is when I went away to college, um, I started losing my faith. I wasn't intentional in my faith. I was not going to church. I was not participating, you know. And then when I moved to Houston, the only church I went to was my parents at Christmas and Easter and family functions, weddings, what have you. So I I was falling away from God. And um, they say a time comes in every alcoholic's life where his only defense against that first drink is a spiritual relationship with a power higher than himself. 
and I was on an airline going to uh, Maui, Hawaii, and uh, this was 1998, and I figured out I deserved a drink, and a monkey jumped on my back, and um, when I got there, I told my wife, I'm going to drink while we're here, and she goes, well, you know, and she was worried about it, you know, she said, but, you know, when you go home, are you going to go back to whatever, and I'm, of course, you know, I... I'd done it before, nine and a half years. And by the way, during these nine and a half years of not drinking, I was a pillar of the community. I was, you know, scoutmasters and, and local uh, coaches. I even got write-in votes for, for mayor of Sugarland, Texas. You know, I was, <laughs> it was, things were going really well. Um, but once I had that first drink, and another uh, characteristic of alcoholism is that when you're not drinking, um, this, this disease is still working on you. It's progressive. So when you pick up, it could be 20 years later, you pick up and it's right where you were when you left off. So immediately I started drinking and I uh, got real big shotism, work was going well, and I've decided that I would uh, move the family back to Virginia, bought a big place, you know, had all these cars, bought horses, all this. Craig had arrived. The American dream, right? American dream. Craig, Craig had arrived, and um, that just uh, really quickly uh, began a very dark period of my life. And the alcohol uh, took over. Um, I was drinking every day. Um, toward the end, I would, uh, I would wake up violently ill, and I would have to drink. Um, I spent two years working out of my house, and I didn't make a penny for two years. Uh, the marriage started falling apart, and by 2001, I decided to get a job um, in my field to kind of make things work, and I just couldn't. I kept trying to get sober on my own, and I kept drinking, and once I'd have one, I'd just go off on this little this little spree, as they call it, you know, where I would drink until I was uh, uh, medically needed help. I would start getting the DTs, and, and it, it's it's horrible. I mean, it's... Uh, and when I'm in the midst of this, I'm drinking in the morning, I'm drinking at 10 o'clock, I'm drinking at noon, and drinking a lot of vodka. Um, just, it, it takes you to a really dark place. And I remember one time waking up, I, you know, I had to drink, I'd fall asleep around midnight, and I'd wake up about 3 in the morning and have to drink. You know, and and I and I, I was working too. I never got fired from a job. I'd go to work. It's I get up for my commute at seven in the morning. I drink some then, but I remember one time falling out of uh, out of the bed at like three in the morning, and I was drinking, and I was trying to find God. I was trying to remember just how to say. Uh, the Lord's Prayer, or how to say the Serenity Prayer, and I couldn't, I couldn't bring it forth, and I just felt, I felt so hopeless, and um, I lost my wife, I lost everything financially, I went into a deep financial hole, I lost my children, um, it just. And I would try to get sober, and I just could not. I could not do that. Um, I just could go on and on. It just, you know, my my, I. I couldn't decide whether to drink, or to die. You know, and either way, I was dying. Right, I had mm -hmm. tremendous liver problems. The doctors kept calling me and telling me, you know, you need to come in. You get your liver, is just out of whack. Um, 
And then somehow I, um, I met another woman in a bar after my divorce, and I got married again. And um, things started to um, look a little better, and then I had another drink, and I started getting drunk again. And I had, a, I had sort of a spiritual awakening at that point where I, I realized that um, the same thing was happening with, with another wife. You know, we had only been married about one year. And, um, and I realized that the problem might be me. And I still wanted to run away. I mean, I had this idea that maybe bartending down in Mexico would be a good way to finish my life. And I never thought I would. I, I Actually, when I was drinking in the um, 80s, and, and I never thought I would live to be past 45 years old or so, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but here I am. Um, the story involves recovery, and it gets, it gets much better. Much better. Well, that's why I've got Craig on our program. You just tuned in. We're talking about how, uh, for some people, alcohol can just be devastating and uh, can destroy you. And uh, you've heard Craig's story, and um, nobody plans on being an alcoholic. And he actually had been sober, I think he said, for nine years, but then decided, you know, hey, I can handle this. And then next thing you know, life's out of control again. He loses everything and uh, gets remarried and um, yet winds up that alcohol sneaking up on on him again. So uh, we're out of time, and but he's going to be back with us tomorrow, and he's going to be here with us for another program on Thursday. So I know we all know somebody might be struggling with alcohol, so maybe you want to share this program with somebody uh, because it's got a great ending to it. So uh, we're out of time, but I hope you'll join us again tomorrow as Craig will continue to share his story. I'm Greg Horn, and this is Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. If you have been blessed by Hope Is Here, would you consider making a donation to help this ministry continue to reach thousands in Central Kentucky every day? It's simple and safe. Go to our website at hopeishere.today, where you can make a safe and secure online donation or you can find our address to mail a check. All donations are tax deductible and they are greatly appreciated. Please make your donation today at hopeishere.today. Again, that's hopeishere.today.